Today, I'm really excited. We have Erica Lee on the show. She's coming in in just a few minutes. But before I did that, I wanted to make sure that anyone who's on the live show, raise your hand, make sure either up above or down below on the little taskbar thingy. If you'd like to have um, Erica Lee answer questions, you do need to have your hand raised so that they know you're interested. Erica has said that she will answer questions pertaining to her work as a medium, as well as pertaining to your own spiritual development or mediumship development. So make sure that you raise your hand. So Erica, woohoo, I'm so excited. We were in a class together, was it last year? Something like that. And I just loved her energy, so kind, so polite. and such a good medium yes very very good well she's what she calls a legacy medium and we'll get with her to discuss what that is and then i do have to say this girl's very accomplished everybody she's done readings in england and italy massachusetts of course in salem ireland and in australia and of course all around the united states of course so she's a natural born medium and is connected to spirit for as long as she can remember and is in a professional practice internationally for the last 10 out of 20 years that she has spent sharing the gift of spirit. She's always seeking to enhance and harness her natural gifts and she continues to train with several internationally renowned mediums to perfect her gifts so that she can serve others like you perfectly, accurately, and devoutly yes so she loves connecting with souls all over the world both in person and line and i will be uh listing all the contact information for erica and i also have her um bring that to the board as well so she can bring that on i am going to promote her to panelists right now and here she comes i'm so excited I'm so Hello happy there hi lisa i'm so glad to join you guys today oh gosh we're so glad to have you are you kidding <laughs> i'm very excited very excited you know we met last year at this what you know i don't think i was ever supposed to take that class in the first place because i was i missed two out of the three segments you know without you know any well you know life happens right so i just think that it wasn't my time to take that but obviously those people that i met for that one segment out of the three that I did attend, I met you and that was such a joy and a blessing, absolutely. So I'm very glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Lisa, thank you. That means so much to me. And you know, I feel same as so many amazing things happen to me as, as part of Mavis's, the experience with Mavis. And I feel that one of the biggest takeaways for me has been connecting with you and a few oh. other people that I was able to meet. So it was really awesome. That's very good. So where is your home base? So my home base is in Boston. Well, actually, I've recently relocated from Boston to the Salem area, which is very close by. It's about an hour away. And I have local offices. I'm one right outside Boston in Quincy, Massachusetts. And then I have another one right outside Boston, west of the city, 
in Sudbury. So I see clients at two days a week in those offices and then as well as online too. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. So I wanted to ask you in the introduction, you mentioned that you are a legacy medium. Can you explain that? Absolutely. So the term, I use the term legacy to indicate that it's actually like a multi-generational gift. So when I was a child and I, you know, started describing my grandmother who had, you know, was passed away well before I was born and it, you know, became readily evident to my whole family and neighborhood that I was doing something quite unusual. One of my grand aunts took me aside and was talking to me about how an aunt of hers in her family was also a medium. She didn't use that terminology, but she would talk about how there was people in the family that would speak to loved ones who had crossed the spirit and sort of made me feel, she was so comfortable with it. It made me feel so much more excited about it and comfortable with it. It was kind of normalizing. And this was on my dad's side of the family. And my mom's side of the family was a bit more in a state of alarm. So it was kind of interesting to have, to have both of those responses. Right. No, I bet it is. You know, and it's just the opposite for my side of the family because my mom's side of the family is where I get this from. Although it was kind of funny because I remember my mom saying, I'm psychic, you know. And I remember as a child rolling my eyes thinking, oh, brother. So it was just kind of a funny thing. But yeah, nothing like this on my dad's side of the family. And as a matter of fact, he's, they're all very left brain. So it's just. You know, it's fun, funny things how our families interact with us thinking some things are woo-woo and some things are not, and it just is. Yeah, yeah. exactly, because now my mom is one of my biggest fans and supporters, but it wasn't that way, you know, when I was a small child, And um, but at the same time, she was always interested in tarot cards and things like this, so it, it's so interesting to observe, like you said, in the family structure, like what, you know, like how it interacts. Right. It is. It is funny. I remember my mom as a child. I remember she went to a psychic once. And of course, I was really young, so I didn't know what was said. But um, I always thought that was kind of weird. But of course, I didn't recognize what was happening with myself at that age, you know. So it is what it is. I just thought that was kind of funny. So right off the bat, let's um, provide your contact information. And we'll do so again at the end of the show. Oh, absolutely. So you can definitely feel free to get in contact with me in any manner you choose on social media. Uh, my Facebook page is Erica Lee Medium. My Instagram is also Erica Lee Medium. And easily enough, my website is www.ericaleemedium.com. Also, Very good. email account, it's easy to reach me also at ericaleemedium at gmail.com or through any of those other platforms too. Very good. Let me ask you, Erica. <laughs> What do you do or what kind of professional passions do you have maybe outside of your spiritual work or something that is in conjunction with your spiritual work? I'm going to ask, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot and ask you a little bit about yourself. <laughs> oh, yay. You know me well, Lisa, because <laughs> one thing I feel like I'm so excited to talk about. So as you had said, like what is in conjunction with my professional work with spirit? Well, I've always been as much as I've always been, you know, sort of had spirit in my life and been so fascinated and engaged with that, I've also always been a very, like, scientific person, and I always want to know why, and I'm always pushing the final frontier in my everyday life. I, I'm just an info junkie, 
So as I'm always saying to spirit, I'm like, why spirit, why, or more, more. I've been really excited to get involved with some scientific research on mediumship and on consciousness. So that has been really cool. I've participated in some research studies with some um, university professors and scientists in England, which is very exciting because I love seeing. So one of these studies, they had placed um, an EEG on my head and a few other mediums. And we would give a psychic contact and a medium contact and then switch back and forth. And so I would just sort of identify like, okay, this is a mediumistic contact. Like I had a recipient and it was his father communicating. And then I would get psychic information. I would say, okay, I'm receiving this psychically. And what I found, what was really fascinating for both myself and the researchers and the other study participants was that the EEG reflected different brain states in yeah. mediumship and in psychic reception. And mm -hmm. also they thought it was, the scientists thought it was very anomalous, like the coexisting brain states that were happening. Like mm -hmm. to be sort of animated and just talking and interacting like we do every day in our everyday life, whether we're giving a reading or talking to the cashier at the grocery store, the brain states were suggesting that we would be asleep or that, you know, as if we would be like having a peak experience and that some of these would be happening at the same time. So it was very fascinating. And I love, love, love to be involved with any of that because I do believe over the course of my life from growing up, like as I was saying, one side of my family was extremely comfortable with it. The other side was kind of horrified initially. You know, my dad, I was talking to all these ghosts and my dad was like, well, you know, my mom is like, you gotta stop this, what's happening? And my dad's like, well, you know, it's really, it's not that weird. And she's like, who did I marry that you think this is normal, you know? <laughs> so with that, it, it's just so, I always sort of engage with it personally, but I also sort of kept it at bay for many years. But the more it kept showing itself up in my life and the more repetition happened evidentially with clients, the more I realized like, okay, there's definitely something going on here. So I'm so excited if I can ever participate or learn secondhand more about what exactly is happening in our physiology and in our world at large to help create this transaction and communication. I have something to share with you that, that you may find interesting. I recently, because of some dizziness that I was experiencing, I recently, like last week, had a brain MRI. Oh, wow. And they were finding frontal lobe flashes that that's what they called them but then they would go back and relook at it and there's nothing there wow so that makes me think you know is it in the mind of the medium or the brain of a medium or something like that that there's really i mean literally physically something there who knows yeah right? absolutely. you just don't know because it hasn't been tested i don't think you know how can you validate that unless you catch it right at the second that the flare is happening or that little sparks or whatever they they said they call them they didn't call them flares they call them like little sparks or like little and then they go back and look at it and then there's nothing there so it was really kind of weird so something's firing that's right? fascinating yeah it yeah. sounds almost like the way you describe it it sounds almost like electrical activity or something that's kind of like what it seemed like that's that's what how they described it so did they on your test did they tell you what part of the brain that they were picking up these different vibratory rates? So they were picking up with um, the mediumship, they were picking up both delta and gamma. And what's okay. happening is like those are on the two ends of the, of the spectrum, basically. Mm -hmm. And then also in like, um, 
like with psychic contacts, they're picking up like a lot of theta activity. Okay. All right. So they weren't able to pick up or uh, determine which part of the brain is being used or affected during that test. Just no, they oh, weren't. Okay. They just, it wasn't part of that test, but I'm very fascinated by that, mm -hmm. and I would love to learn more. Yeah, I didn't know if that had something to do with it, or even if the the type of test that you had had that capability. You know, because each test runs different things. So that that is so interesting. That is so interesting. I love that that you were able to participate in that. How cool is that? I love it. And like you. I am I, I'm what I call an open-minded skeptic. So I know it's happening, but I want to know why, and I want to know how, right? So, and of course, probably like you, you can't tout anything is absolute truth unless you've experienced it yourself, right? Right. So yeah. interesting, interesting. So we were talking, and we like to affectionately call those who are learning or those who are unaware of mediumship or their mediumship ability as muggles. And, you know, using the, the Harry Potter phrase, and, and it truly is, but we're not muggles for long. So what is your, your, because I know everybody does it their own way, medium develops their own way. What is your best recommendation for any aspiring medium or muggle to, either help themselves or help other mediums learn to develop. So my best recommendation for anyone learning, so any particularly aspiring medium, although this could help any, as we like to say, muggle, is to spend time in like in like an active reflection, like connecting like with your own energy, like mm -hmm. solitude in nature is so helpful. And also like pay attention to the things that you're drawn to. I, I didn't really start. I mean, I didn't begin. I had taken a couple of workshops, um, but I really embraced training after I was experienced as a professional. So it's kind of like, sometimes I call myself like the backwards medium for that reason. But what I, so what I've noticed or what helped me even before that time was that just like if I felt really drawn to, you know, reading a book on spirituality or professional, you know, like um, any kind of mediumistic development or, or anything like that, even taking, you know, a little workshop about meditation, any of these things, if you feel the call to go for them, that's like your soul, your spirit energy giving you a nudge in what's going to be most helpful for you at the time. So it's definitely something, but this could apply to anyone. I mean, that was so helpful and informative for me in my mm -hmm. early development. And at the same time, a lot of my friends that, you know, are, are not mediums personally or professionally, when, whenever they felt drawn to something so spiritual, it's, it's really met a need in their life and it's been a tool that they could use. So it's definitely something that's kind of universal is that if you feel that call or that pull to just do something for your soul self and look into meditation or, you know, just go where you're called, it's definitely something that will help you develop as a medium, but also just help you in your life path. I love that. Everybody, you know, everybody's a mammal, so everybody has the sixth sense. You know when something's right, and you know when something's not right. So if you're trying to develop, or you, if you have curiosity to help someone else develop, or what's going on with someone else, learn. Absolutely learn. There's always, 
a class that's being offered somewhere in the world. And you have to understand and accept that what you're supposed to see is being shown to you. Exactly, Lisa. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So even if you think that something might be way over your head, it could be spirit showing you where you're going, right? What you're leaning toward. I love that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really cool. So how has your development, because we're continuously taking classes, even though we're both professional mediums forever. Um, so what does being a medium, like what has it taught you about yourself? Well, that's what's, okay. So one thing I'll definitely comes right to mind with that is that just by virtue of giving, you know, as professional mediums forever, both of us, you know, the volume of readings that we've done right. you know, really over time, it's like you notice some patterns and not just in the process, but in the messages. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've learned about myself is like personal blind spots I have. So that while so often spirit comes through and says, you know, engage in love, not just with other people, but with yourself. And that if you have a passion to pursue it or that, you know, if, if something is, is really stressing you out, just to, you know, to find a way to be patient and forgiving with yourself. Some of these sort of universal advice and information that comes through, I really, you know, in some ways I can be a little, um, I don't want to call myself dense or anything, but it's taken me a minute to get some of these messages for myself. And mm -hmm. I've had these aha moments where I'm like, you know, spirit is always saying to all different people, all different spirit, all different people here alive with us to you know love yourself be forgiving like move forward with your passion like shine your light that I come to a place where I'm like wow like I should really sort of I have the benefit of getting this information every day I really need to implement it mm -hmm. and since mm -hmm. I've kind of had that moment because originally I felt like I used my mediumship and my spiritual connection just like you know as you know as a child as a teenager like privately as a tool for myself initially and then now it's like I'm use, using that information for my own development. And I feel for myself, I've noticed, and this might resonate for you, Lisa, but I feel many mediums may have already noticed or may come into knowing that at a certain point, a lot of your mediumistic development is about like your own self-care and your own soul growth. Mm -hmm. I agree. Often we get things and I think that, well, at least for me, and sometimes it kind of hits you on the head because you're promoting it and you're giving it out to other people, but we're hesitant or latent in applying those same things to ourselves because we're so used to giving, right? Everybody's the same way. I think most people are. Um, so it's, it's easy to say, you know, do this, do that, do this. And we also have to, you know, we're one of those people. Right. right. We also are one of those people. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. You know, it's the the flight attendant who says, put on your oxygen mask first. Yeah. So that you can help other people. Yeah. Exactly. I get that. I get that often enough. Right. So spirit knocks you on the head and says, uh, come on, you got to do the work, too. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so how do you because, you know, you had talked about doing. Uh, umpteen million readings, you know, which we love, of course, but how do you keep the job interesting? How does it stay interesting for you? 
That's actually, that's an amazing question, Lisa. Well, part of my experience with the job staying interesting is I've noticed that for me, whenever, like there has been, well, there was, there's one time that comes to memory that it wasn't that I felt like it wasn't interesting. I just, I guess I really didn't know what I felt. Like I got to this point where, you know, I, you know, I give a reading and I'd be like, well, you know, your husband died in a car accident and he wants to thank you for taking over the routine of walking the dog Smokey every day. And he really loves you and he knows you have a child in the future and he'll be there to help you watch over him. Okay. You know, have a great day. But, you know, it was right. just very, it was, it had become, I didn't feel like the process was mechanical. It just, it just felt like a bit flat for me in a sense. But as soon as that started to happen, it was, it was really only a matter of like, I would say days where I had maybe a few weeks at the most where I had that sense where, you know, I wasn't like the wonder and passion and joy of it wasn't inhabiting me as fully. And I kind of questioned it. And then I had this, this huge shift in my mediumship. So I started to, you know, become a lot more visual and have a lot more like physical senses, which, and as you know yourself, you know, all mediums have different ways of perceiving, but it's like, as soon as it started to become where, you know, if, if it became so normalized to me that, you know, it just felt a little bit flat, that that's when, you know, either spirit or my own you know, mechanism to receive started to sort of switch up. So whenever it seems to get like to a place where it's, you know, you know, not as spontaneous and a little more predictable for me that I don't fully feel engaged or enjoying, another aspect will come in to up-level me and to make it like a more multidimensional experience again. That's what I've experienced. Nice. That's, it's really interesting. You know, like, um, how spirit is, well, you know, can you determine <laughs> whether it is you intentionally changing things up or if spirit's saying, ah, uh, she's getting bored or boring, let's yeah. switch things up to shake her up. You know what, Lisa, that's, that's, I love that question because I feel like it's probably some kind of a, of a matrix or a meeting point of those two things. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, you know how at times you may have a thought that you want something and then it appears, right? Oh, you know, it did, did spirit put that in front of me because I wanted it or did I want it because I kind of sensed that that was coming and that was right. And so exactly. that's a great, a great question because I feel that it's like, you know, of course, I, you know, in getting to that point where, you know, it, you know, where it seems like, like you said, and I love that, like, you know, either I'm bored or I'm boring and then it switches up, you know, at the time I feel like, well, I would rather like it just stay the same. Only I, you know, become more animated and excited again. But at the end of any of these phases, I feel like I've absorbed so much more and how to like serve my clients and serve spirit. So it could be, sort of a mixture of both. Like I know I'm somebody that always wants progress and has a bit of a short attention span. Mm -hmm. So that's my nature. But I also feel like spirit is always, you know, pushing us to galvanize, to, to squeeze more light out, you know, like a diamond, mm -hmm. you know, in just being refined and refined to show more polish and light. I agree. 
I, I do agree. I just get a sense that when those things happen, because I too feel like sometimes I just feel flat. You know, the evidence is very important so that, you know, the, the sitter or the client can validate who it is. Of course, it's so important. And that was so stressed for the last 20 some years in all the classes that I've taken. The evidence, evidence, evidence. But now the focus I'm seeing is let's also get their personality. Yes. So we also know that they're there. So it brings together the whole person. It brings the whole person back. And so we understand, you know, the evidence, yes, is still important. But once you bring that whole personality back, it brings in the love and the dynamic of the relationship between the two people. It's, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. There was something that you had mentioned like a couple questions ago. When you were growing up, I'm sure like me, you were told like, okay, so you got to get an education. You have to be like, a, you have to have a real job and you have to have like all this left brain stuff. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because that's what our parents taught us. And especially having a parent or a whole side of the family that is like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. How on earth did you decide to go full-time with this, to make this your full-time career? Oh, that's awesome. That's a, Lisa, so it's kind of interesting because for me, it was like, you know, pretty, it was like fairly organic and you know how hindsight is 2020 I think that's true for all of us and then you know same goes for my mediumship pathway because you know I had the experience it was so strong in childhood and you know but you know there were a lot of people that were you know they had you know a lot of fear or like cultural ingrained or they just didn't understand and so I knew that at the very least it was not acceptable socially at least not to a wide amount of people because even when my my grandaunt, you know, took me aside and told me how people in her family experienced this gift. I never knew that until it was like creating problems socially. So mm -hmm. I sort of internalized that it wasn't great, but then I had the other side of my family that was very open and supportive. And I felt such a strong connection that I just kind of kept it for myself and sort of like hid it away from people. Mm -hmm. And then people started to trickle in as far as just people that knew my family or grew up with me or knew that I just had this capacity. And, you know, if they had a loved one that experienced a loss or anything like this, they, they would just pass along my information. So I was, you know, giving readings on that very sort of limited word of mouth capacity from a very early stage. And then I didn't really decide. So I guess like when I started to go professional, it wasn't even that I thought I'll go full time as a professional. It was more that I was getting so many casual requests that I just couldn't really keep up and have a full normal life. And at that time, I still thought, as you said, with the other part of our conditioning of to do something you know, conventional and you know, be normal. Right. I, as much as I had accepted it at that point to that extent, I, I had no inkling or inclination that I would do it as a full-time professional at that point. And so I just started doing it like a little bit professionally on the side. 
um, just to make it doable because I actually did have someone call to ask where their socks were. That actually did happen. <laughs> you know, so I was like, at that point, when I was getting that many calls, I was like, okay, I should probably structure this a little bit more professionally. But then it was not, it was maybe about six or seven, let's see, so it was probably about like seven years ago. So I went to Ireland where I had always done a lot of readings because that's the side. So my dad's side of the family is a lot, you know, a huge contingent of that side of my family lives in Ireland still. And they were always very open to the readings, either as true believers or just with good humor. You know, anyone who knows Irish people knows that, you know, some of them are very spiritual and some of them will just, you know, they'll chance anything. They'll try anything. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Ireland, I was staying in the house where one of my ancestors, one of my relations stayed who, you know, flashback to when I was talking about that grand aunt who told me about some of her family that had this gift. I was staying in the house where they actually lived. And I had kind of a magical experience there because I had this candle, this tea light, and I had just lit it at night and it went out and then it went back on and it happened two nights. Oh, oh, oh. So that was so powerful, magical. And somehow, and I don't even know why to this day, I mean, maybe it's like mimicking a light bulb effect, who knows? But at that point, I realized that I really needed to do this and serve in this way. And again, I don't, I don't know exactly what it was about that, that revealed that to me but that was probably like my my biggest light bulb moment or I should say candlelight moment rather very cool very cool so you've been to Ireland working tell us about your Australia working in Australia how exciting is that that was awesome it was really cool so now actually so I that was a few years ago and I really enjoyed it and it's so interesting because Australia was not a place that I ever knew that I would go. I mean, I was always, I, who wouldn't go to Australia, right? right. But you're so far away and, and all these things. But I ended up going. Um, and part of the stimulus for me to go was because my sister was moving there. So oh, I had moved with her. And so that was how that connection was set up. And it was really cool. So she lived in this area. It's um, Gold Coast in Queensland, which is, is very... Um, beachy community um mm -hmm. not so much like boho beachy but it's like very much like you know there's a lot of tourism there's a lot of surfing and things like that personally i have a huge connection to nature in general and i really love the ocean and i love the culture of australia and so it's kind of it's kind of curious like there was a lot of people that were like very receptive and i really i really had a lot of fun doing that i would love to go back and work in australia again because i just i love the country i love the people and i mean like you said like how cool is that right very cool. That is very cool. Yes. That is so neat that you get, you know, you have that opportunity through siblings or however you get there. It's neat that, you know what, what you and I do is universal, right? There's always going to be some loved one in spirit that needs to communicate no matter where it is. Have you found, and I'm sure the listening audience is, is very aware of this, but have you found any difference between an in-person reading and a phone reading? Like, or, so let's say if you're doing a reading for someone in China, all right, how, how is it different? So I feel so for me, um, I feel like when I'm reading someone online, it's definitely like a diff. Okay. So you know how like earlier you had mentioned Lisa about like, 
what I'll say is like evidence and then presence, okay? So I feel that um, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. I feel, so when I'm doing a, like a reading online or on the phone, I feel a lot more like the flow of evidence and the energy is maybe like I actually feel like it might even be a little bit stronger for me and it's not even to say yeah. I don't feel that in person it's not strong I just feel in person it's more there's like the there's like the energetic aspect of an interpersonal dynamic which is a bit different and so you know I encourage everybody to think about even as they're watching this webinar you know you know as, as you connected this loved ones on Skype or WebEx you know, it's, it's not as odd as you anticipate at first. And it does feel like you're having a real conversation with the person. Absolutely. So, and yet there is an aspect of when you're in person with somebody that's just different, but that that's even in, in just, um, you know, like my sister who now lives in Korea, the same one in Australia, she was recently visiting this summer and I love that I can FaceTime and, and zoom her anytime. Um, and, you know, I still feel as close to her. I still feel everything I would normally feel. And right. yet when she came to visit for the 4th of July, there was something there between us. You just don't have online. But the, the information, you know, is very strong and the energy is very clear and the evidence. So it's right. not that the reading is different. I feel like it's just that sense of intrapersonal presence as opposed to spirit presence. Right. Well, I just wanted to get your two cents worth because... I kind of feel the same way. Um, I didn't experiment once with a black box. Have you ever done that? No, but I'd love to. Oh, so cool. It was like kind of like a closet, actually. Um, but it was a black box. And so for those of you who are listening that don't know what a black box is, it's, it's kind of like a sensory deprivation, right? So that there's no interaction with the client. You're not... Uh, picking up facial features or yes or no or you're not like linking in with the with the client so you're free as the medium to give exactly as you're getting without intrusion there's no second guessing yourself and it's amazing it really is very very cool very like the accuracy is like oh my gosh it's super real super yeah so doing a distance reading or a phone reading, webinar reading, whatever, for me, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. So it, it's just something different, right? It's just different. Yeah. So what do you think, like, what are the few things that you feel have helped your mediumship grow? So I feel like some of the things that have helped my mediumship, well, what I feel like helps my mediumship every day is honestly, as, and this sounds so simple, but you know, in life, sometimes like the simple things right. really are, you know, the answer and, you know, we get involved, you know, that like living my best life is the best for my mediumship. Now, of course, like life is life and there's so many changes that are going to happen. It's not to say, you know, things have to be perfect or anything to that extent, but the more I'm able to stay in a place where you know, I, it could be as like physical as like staying hydrated, or it could be as emotional as like personally, I'm a very social person. Um, so for me, when I like get to see my friends and my family, it's energizing. And I have some friends that are mediums that are very introverted. So for them, they need a lot of time alone, but whatever it is for you, 
just making sure you have what you need to support yourself is for me is like so helpful every day. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely huge. Uh, as far as like what's helped my development, definitely like, you know, as you were saying, Lisa, like we always are taking classes and we keep taking classes and it's really fascinating how I feel like that works because I'm so grateful for all the classes I've taken because they definitely have taken me to a next level. And yet it's almost something that I've absorbed sort of more in the long game because at times at first, when you're stretched like that, at least for me, I, um, you know, it's like anything else, you're out of your comfort zone. So right. it's definitely like, you know, sometimes I've engaged in these, you know, mentorships or classes and I'm like, what was I thinking? Or I'll be like, geez, spirit, like what kind of a path are you leading me down? You know, but it always, always is like, you know, is, is a huge help. Like I've had, I've always been naturally kind of, um, just again, like how I am as a person reflects how I am as a medium. Like I'm very sort of cerebral and, and verbal and things like this. So mediumship has naturally always been kind of more like I would just know something or I would get thoughts. And then when I had gone to these mentors that were, you know, much more trying to force me into like a feeling sense, like a heart centered or a body sense, you know, I felt like I lost quite a bit of evidence initially. Mm -hmm. And yet when I would do these readings after that, it's like, you know, I would have, you know, recipients that, you know, I felt like the evidence wasn't the standard I had set for myself, but they would be like crying and be like, Oh, I feel, you know, my brother right here with me. And so that was, you know, those moments are aha moments. Like it, it can take time to get there, but I feel anytime I've been drawn to a class and I've taken it, it has absolutely improved my practice in some way. Very good. Very good. Well, I have Jackie on the line. Would you like to talk to Jackie and ask, answer some questions? Absolutely. I'd love to. All right. Jackie, I'm bringing you on live, my dear. And we can't see your hey. face, so you need hey. to bring the camera down just a little bit. There oh, you go. Hi. hi, Jackie. Welcome to the show, my dear. Hi. Thank hi. You. Do you have a question for Erica? Yes, I do. Um, I have a question about um, the difference between um, a psychic, a medium, a psychic medium, or even like just tarot card readings or angel readings. Um, just wondering, like, uh, are they all just um, just pieces of a big, um, you know, pie and everybody just has little things or... Um, do most people have pretty much all those senses and they just hone in on one particular one? Jackie, that's, I love that question. That's awesome. Well, I would say that there is a bit of an interrelatedness. So it's, you're totally on target to ask exactly that. And a lot of things like something that's very commonly said, and I know Lisa has heard this a million times too, is that all mediums are psychic and not all psychics are mediums. So you are basically when you connect to spirit and it's different for everyone, but with whatever faculties you're using, it's like you're using your psychic senses to build your energy and receive communication. So one of the primary differences between being, you know, psychic and medium, as far as a distinction is that like with being a medium, like there's a communication going on with spirit. Whereas being psychic, you may just be like, receiving the information as opposed to actually communicating with spirit consciousness. And, and those it, messages are coming from spirit? Yes. 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 
absolutely, absolutely. And with tarot cards, um, it's interesting because I've recently heard about, um, Lisa, I'm not sure if you're aware, I think it was one of our colleagues who I adore named George Corey was telling me about a woman who's like a tarot card medium. So there's a lot of people, it's typically thought the tarot cards themselves are psychic, but if you're one of those mediums that's also psychic, for some people, when they're doing a card reading or using cards, like spirit will tap in as well, but it's mm -hmm. also possible to just use them as a psychic tool, like without communication. And it's very interesting because there was a time even though I, as I was saying, like, even as a little girl, I talked to spirit, of course, like naturally at one point I was drawn to tarot cards and there was a time, you know, where I was reading them a lot. And then there was a time when I was reading them and then spirit would always come through. Like I couldn't keep them away. And then there was a time when I was actually reading cards and I kept hearing to stop reading the cards. And I was like, what? And then I kept hearing it. And then finally I was like, okay, okay, I will. But I was kind of like this. Cause I'm thinking like, okay, so where do we go from here? So I guess I didn't listen. Like I was saying earlier, I'm a little, and then I just couldn't read the cards anymore for a while. Like even I had a friend who was trying to develop and she was like, Oh, um, you know, I want to learn these cards. And I was like, Oh, I can help you. And she's like, well, if it's not something you really do anymore, like you don't have to. And I was like, no, no, I got this. And she's just sitting in her kitchen and like pulls out the moon. And I'm like, and this is after years of doing cards so it's kind of interesting how it can shift for people as well and the same thing with angels like a lot of people like I've, I've known a lot of people that angels will come to them first or Reiki like they'll learn Reiki and then they'll start having spirit coming in and then but then also like the the opposite can always happen like you can always be a medium and then go to tarot cards and then angels start coming in so they definitely are connected for a lot of people they don't have to be but they definitely can be I agree. Jackie, thanks very much for the question, my dear. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, Jackie. You. Thanks Bye. Bye-bye. So, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, sometimes, um, like if a client for me wants a psychic reading, once in a while I use an oracle deck. I don't usually use tarot too much. It's too much to memorize. It's right. too much to memorize. Um, I, it's easier just to talk to dead people, honestly. That's what I think. <laughs> you don't have to memorize anything, right? Yeah. So. On that note, because that was a great question from Jackie, what would you say to someone who's an aspiring medium? Like, how could you influence them or direct them to where they need to be? So I would say, as far as like, you know, as Lisa was saying with Oracle cards, tarot, if you're developing and you feel drawn to that, definitely go for it. Because another thing I've noticed about tarot is like, I did get to a point, you know, before, um, I was basically told to stop reading tarot and lost my gift temporarily, by the way, it did come back. It was just one of those stretching moments, but that at times like the cards and this, I'm sure um, Lisa will resonate with the Oracle cards. Like it's almost like a visual cue yes. or trigger. So like I could be in a reading and I could see like, you know, the Prince of Cups, you know, which is like somebody like a, a sensitive, loving, like young person, like wanting to share love with you, emotions, these things. And, you know, I would just see the, that one card and I would say, oh, you're, you know, yeah. your husband has a sister that he's worried about. Now there's no, you're not, that, that, that has nothing to do with that card, but just by seeing it, it was, you know, it, it, I just received that information from the visual cue. So I feel right. like they're visual cues or they could even be a distraction for your conscious mind. But if you feel drawn to any of that, absolutely go for it. That's neat. That, that's really neat. Um, yeah, I use uh, the Oracle cards as triggers every once in a while. Um, and like you, 
when I would use the cards quite often because we are mediums, their loved ones come in anyways. Absolutely. So then you get, I use my own intuition to help answer a question. And then their loved ones come in giving me their two cents. I'm sure the same thing happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's a neat thing. It is a neat thing. Um, so aspiring medium. So do you often offer classes? I do. I do. And I've been offering more and more. I offer them online as well as in person. And I think it's fun. I'm glad you asked about like the tarot cards and all these other things and, and you know, what to do in your development, because I think it's fun to explore all the aspects mm -hmm. because different, you know, it's like different people resonate to different things. And I totally think that's about where you're at in your development and where spirit wants you to go. I agree. Wholeheartedly, I agree. Because just like you had mentioned earlier, you told, you said something about like you might go mediumship first and then start de developing the more psychic gifts or you start more psychically because that's what you're aware of and then your mediumship grows. So I like you believe that you develop where spirit leads you. Yes, absolutely. And, and I don't know about you, Erica, but I know for me that my medium started like in one area, like psychic art. And then right now, and it's kind of morphed more into working with um, deceased children or one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients and stuff like that. But that's not been by my choosing. Spirit led me there. Has the same thing happened with you in your practice? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, like different trends both in what I'm doing and also like you know like I was more focused on demonstrating at one time mm -hmm. but it felt very spirit-led it you know it wasn't I always love demonstrating so it wasn't like I'm like oh I'm not gonna do that anymore or it's boring for me it's just that now you know I've had so many more like such a bigger influx of one-on-one -on -one readings and I find myself enjoying them in a new way Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree that, that you can experience those kind of shifts and, and how things come to you. And I definitely feel like it's spirit led. And I also notice like how you're saying like, you know, certain kind of trends, like, you know, you, I could see like a series of people and a lot of them could come to communicate with, you know, someone that they've lost who's a veteran, for example, right. you mm -hmm. know, so definitely like, it definitely seems like your work is sort of being steered or guided at times. And I completely believe that's, that's coming from spirit for a greater mm -hmm. purpose. Last weekend, for instance, on that note, I was uh, working at an expo, I was speaking at an expo, and I find it interesting, because this happens quite often, but I find it interesting how, how people on the left side of the audience have lost veterans and lost sons in drug overdoses, and the people over here have lost mothers with Alzheimer's, and so it's interesting how spirit even directs them without them understanding what's happening. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's interesting how we don't realize whether we're mediums or muggles, how we don't realize how important and how often the world of spirit is helping to direct our lives. Exactly. It's wonderful. Yeah. So once again, Will you share your contact information with the listening audience as well as how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So the best ways to get in touch with me are through my website, which is www.ericaleemedium.com. I guess I should clarify that's E-R-I-C-A 
L-E-E-M-E-D-I-U-M. And it would be the same spelling for, so a second way that, that's very popular is on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Erica Lee Medium, as well as my Facebook handle is Erica Lee Medium 2. And you can also feel free to email me through my website or through either of those social platforms or at ericaleemedium at gmail.com. Thank you so much. So one last question. What can all of us do every day that can help us understand how spirit is interacting in our life to bring us closer to the world of spirit? That is awesome question. Well, one thing I will say that resonates for everyone and raises everyone's energy is to spend some time engaging with a sense of, of what's greater than you. And that's kind of sounds ambiguous, but what I was initially thinking to say was to connect to nature every day, because that's so, it's mm. huge for me. And it's huge for so many people I know. And since I, you know, Boston is a very um, big old city. So, you know, it's very um, dense and, and, and really wasn't designed with, with its size in mind. So it's very, you know, um, there's a lot of energy, a lot of people. So personally, I, I'm so happy, is, even though I grew, grew up there and it's a great city, I'm, I'm so happy to have moved out. But, you know, I have an amazing, brilliant medium colleague who lives right in the city center and she loves it. So it might not be nature for you. I mean, you might just feel being in the city among all these people, like that may heighten your energy because you're in that proximity. But whatever you notice, like connects you to that feeling of connectedness is mm -hmm. definitely going to amplify your connection to spirit and all those other self-care things you do, which again, for me, it kind of goes hand in hand. Like I enjoy nature so much and it amplifies my sense of the, of the, you know, the greater consciousness that between, you know, doing something I enjoy and being in that environment where I feel that heightened sense kind of goes hand in hand to like further along your mediumship and your awareness of spirit around you. I love that. I love that. So I suppose doing anything that you absolutely love because that will bring you peace and contentment. And as I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I'm in that zone, I'm kind of, yeah. I call it a duh mode, you know, yeah. where we're kind of like in between the world of spirit and the world of the physical. And that heightens our awareness. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And lastly, you had mentioned offering online options like classes and things like that. Do you have anything in the works or do you have anything scheduled already? So I'm working to release um, early next year. So after Christmas, like an online program so that you can a live program and that'll be like recorded. And that also I'm working, I'm developing some, also some classes that are just, um, you know, like, like one hour videos and things like that, that you mm -hmm. can just take at any time so that that way, if there's something, you know, if you're not ready for, or you don't have the time or availability for like an ongoing commitment that you can still like see things you like and engage with them, mm -hmm. you know, and it makes it very like, um, you know, it makes it very approachable regardless of what your, you know, your time and budget is. And so I have those planned. I also have some more live workshops coming up in the Boston area too. And you're always welcome to subscribe on my website because I'm, you know, I have some meditations coming up and like freebies that I'm planning to give to all my subscribers just to help with that 
like as you were just talking about Lisa in your last question, like, you know, enhancing that spirit connection every day, whether you're a medium or an aspiring medium, someone that just wants to be connected. Well, everybody, thank you very much for listening in or watching in, as it were, if you're on Facebook. Erica, thank you so much, so, so much for joining us today. It was a joy and a pleasure, of course, having you on. You're just always so kind and passionate and, and uplifting, and I just love you. I just love you. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was my blessing and my joy and my pleasure. I was so happy to be here. I'm always glad for the two of us connect. I feel like we've always been of you know, like mind and kindred souls. Yeah. And so I'm so happy for you to request me, and thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome, dear. Take care. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. So everybody, what, what, a, what a person that can help on your own development and from her experience, as you saw from her experience, she has a lot to offer if you're trying to develop your mediumship or your psychic gifts. Absolutely. So again, the information on how to get in touch with Erica Lee will be in the show notes of this recording soon after the show is edited a little bit. And my upcoming events, because I too am a psychic medium, I do have a whole bunch of public events coming up, a big one coming up on Saturday on, if you're watching this remotely, it's. September 29th, 1918, and I will be doing a public demonstration of mediumship at the Mind's Eye Books and Wellness Center in Macomb Township, Michigan, and then I'm also in Ann Arbor and Romeo and Port Huron and, and all over the place in uh, southeast, southeast or southern, southern Michigan, so I hope to see you at one of those events. You can reach me on my Facebook page, which is just facebook.com forward slash Lisa Busan. My last name is spelled B-O-U-S-S-O-N. You can reach me on my website, same thing, lisabusan.com or mediumlisa.com. Until next week, my little chicklets, may you seek the divine, be the divine, and reap the divine. God bless. Mwah.